All right, so Hosea chapter 8. Okay, no, I heard you. That's that's spot on, Diana. So, um, Israel was the same way. They were going to the temple, they were doing the feasts, they were doing the, the sacrifices, but they were just going through the motions. And you know what? we got to be careful. We'll do the same thing. Okay? So we need to learn from them. It says, with God, it's personal. You notice here, he says, my covenant and my law. You've done this against me. It was personal with God. So on the back of your sheet, we're going to look at a few people here. How did the northern tribes get in this condition that they're at? So we know the, the northern tribes split off from the southern tribes. The reason for the... that right? The reason for the rebellion. Why did the northern tribes split off from from Judah and the southern tribes? So, you guys are the advanced class, so I'm just going to ask you, somebody just tell me, why did they? I want to see if you guys know. Because they didn't like the one who was going to be king over them after Solomon because um, he asked the elders, what should he do? And they told him what he should do, and he didn't want to do that. The younger people said to do this, and so he did that, and that made the split. Okay. Isn't that it, more or less? When the king was evil, he didn't follow God at all. Okay, that's this side. What, what do you guys say? The king was evil. Everyone gives the selfishness. When there is a dispute between two of the brothers, right? Dispute between two brothers. They're not brothers, but they're 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 somewhat in line. Um, well, let's look at that. Solomon also he sinned terribly at the end there. There you go. His heart was with God to begin with, but then he let his wives, which were many, turn his heart. You get a star. Yeah, You get a star because you're all right, but. We're going to look at it. What? Don't ta- I'm not going to take. Don't take my word. We're going to look at the Bible and see what we can find. Okay? We're going to look at the reason for the rebellion, because the Lord says to Israel specifically, and we're studying the Northern Kingdom. You guys have transgressed my covenant, and you've trespassed against my law. So specifically, we're going to look at those two today. So turn. Let's go back and look at Solomon. And we got to go back to First Kings. You got to remember all the minor prophets, all the major prophets take place during the kings, okay, uh, of Judah and of uh, the northern tribe. So in First Kings chapter eleven, we're going to spend a lot of time here in First Kings today. So First Kings chapter, uh, well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna even go back farther than that. Let's go to. Uh, Let's go back to First Kings chapter three. How many? Three. First Kings chapter three. I got you. I know what you're talking about. So, so we're going to look at a little bit about Solomon. Okay. Now Solomon was a good guy at first. 
But again, he's only human. Okay? First Solomon chapter 3, and I want to read 1 through 14. I'm sorry. First Kings, so we're going to read about Solomon in chapter 3. You know where I'm at now. Okay. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he took Pharaoh's daughter and he brought her into the city of David. Now, is that a good thing? No, no, because they were told not to go outside the nation of Israel. And not only that, Bathsheba was buying him, and she was trying to tell him things all along. If you go back and look at uh, the end of Proverbs, you'll see her teachings in there, but he did not obey them. It says in the middle of verse 1, says, Until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places, because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until until those days. Ooh, now we got what's going on when we see those days. Tribulation, time. tribulation again. It's it's amazing how when you get that phrase down, it keeps popping up, and you see everything is a picture of a prophetical picture of what's going to happen during the tribulation. Verse two says, "Only the people sacrifice." Okay, I read that. Verse three, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burned incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was a great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. And in Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, and thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant... Me, basically, he says, king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child, and I know not how to go in or come, go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech blessed the Lord that Solomon asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Now think about this. This isn't just a good uh, prayer for King Solomon to have prayed. This is a good prayer for us to pray. Ask God to give us wisdom and discernment to be able to deal with specifically His people and other people around us, because they're all His. Verse 12, Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like unto thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that thou hast not asked both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. So, no, but wait a minute. Let's not stop there. Let's read verse 14. And if thou wilt walk in my ways... Oh, so he throws a condition in there. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Okay. 
So, and immediately we go into the story with the two women that say that the baby is theirs and then he uses that wisdom. But we see at the beginning of Solomon's life that Solomon had the right heart. And he asked God for the right thing, and it blessed God. And so that's a really good uh, example for us. When we ask God what's good for us and what God wants in our life, He's, he's going he's gonna to answer that prayer for us when we, when we ask Him what's in His will. Mm-hmm. But if we ask for things outside of our will, you know, it's probably going to be a big fat no. Uh, but Solomon had the right attitude. So go over to 1 Kings chapter 8. We're going to state, like I said, basically in 1 Kings today. 1 Kings chapter 8. And we're going to read 1 through 11. It says, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes. Now, let me give you a little warning, or not warning, but a little information here. This is Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple when it is put together. Okay, And then Solomon assembled the elders of all Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, and to the king Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark, and they brought up the ark of the Lord, and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. Even those did the priest and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing cheap and oxen that could not be told for numbered for multitude. And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord into its place, to the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. Cherubims, for the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above, and they drew out the staves, and the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without, and they there they are until this day. And there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb, when the Lord made a covenant... See, God is always making a covenant with His people. When He made a covenant with the children of Israel, when they came out of the land of Egypt, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Now that's the Shekinah glory of the Lord right there. So it filled the, the temple Okay, and then we could go on, but for for time, let's bounce on down to verse 61 of that same chapter. It's a long chapter. And in the middle of this prayer that takes place, and it says, Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God. This is Solomon talking to the people. At this, at this dedication of the temple, let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as this day. And so, in the middle of all this, 
dedication to the temple, Solomon, it's, it's a big pompous to-do thing. The Lord is there. The, the house, the temple is filled with the Lord. Solomon is there and, and he's telling the people, guys, you need to obey the Lord. You need to obey the Lord. Okay, so don't don't miss that. Okay? And so, uh, let's, let's turn over to chapter 9, which we're right there. And in this prayer, God answers Solomon's prayer in verse 9. He says, and it came, let's just start in verse 1. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and all of Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time, as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me, and I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name... Therefore ever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And if thou wilt walk before me, again, he's putting some conditions on it, as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments, then, you got to do that, then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. So basically, God gave David, he told David, he goes, I'm going to put a descendant of yours, a son of yours on the throne, and he will be there forever. But now he's telling Solomon, if, but if you don't do this, you know, it's off. Well, wait a minute. I thought he said it was going to be forever on the first time. Well, the first one is talking about Jesus Christ because that is a done deal. But physically, the kingdom of heaven, when he's talking to Solomon here, that's not a done deal. He says, you've got to continue to obey me and keep my statutes and my judgments. Verse 6 says, But if you shall at all turn from following me... Ye or your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other, what? Gods. And worship then. Then I will cut off Israel of the land which I have given them, and this house which I have hallowed for my name will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all the people. And his children too. His children too. So they they've got to continue to keep it. That's why it's such a big deal. We're talking about with Israel, the northern tribe. Okay, we're getting there. Verse eight. And at this house which is high, everyone that passeth by it shall be astonished and shall hiss, and they shall say, Why hath the Lord done this unto this land and to this house? So when the Lord right here at the beginning of the temple, He's telling them, You got to obey my word, and when you don't, this is what's going to happen. He's probably He's given a prophecy here, and He says, And when you don't do it, and this temple is destroyed. When people come by here, they're going to they're going to shake their head and they're going to wonder what happened to this place. Verse nine, and they shall answer because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. So. We're seeing the stage being set here, okay? Okay, and I've got—I was thinking, you know, in his when he's dedicating the temple, he tells the people what they've got to do. But, and I think later on, he doesn't—he really, didn't really listen to his own words 
they were just words that came out of his mouth because he, you know, transgressed. He didn't practice what he preached, did he? So we're going to look at that. Chapter 11. We'll continue on with the Sega here. Chapter 11. But, King Solomon. Oh, when, when, when you see that word but in the Bible, I mean, you need to hold on to yours because it's not good. It's either not good, it's either really bad or really good. But, King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh. So we're kind of right back where we started. Women of the Moabites. Oh, now we're going farther. Now he's getting Moabites. Now wait a minute. Wasn't Ruth a Moabite? We studied Ruth this, this spring. Wow, that was just, that's been how long ago? Seems like forever ago. We just studied the book of Ruth. And she was a Moabite, but what was different about her? She met the Lord. She wanted the Lord, but the rest of them didn't, did she? And uh, women of the Moabites, okay, that'd be bad enough. So now he's from Pharaoh's daughter to Moabites, but it doesn't stop. Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come into you, for surely they will turn away your heart after other gods. Now Solomon was the wisest man, but he's not that wise. Solomon and Solomon clave unto all these in love, and he had seven hundred wives. Now come on, that tells me right there this guy is not that smart. <laughs> I've got one, and it's everything I can do. I'm going to pay for that one, aren't I? It's, uh, and, and it's a good thing I have that one because I would I would be way out in the field like I will be a little bit later on. If I'm not here to do baskets, you know what happened to me. I disappeared. Okay. A man who's found a wife finds a good thing and favor of the Lord. As long as she is of the Lord. Yeah. A good wife is... is yeah. So... Where did I drop off? And he had 700 wives, princesses, and three... Oh, and not only that, they're princesses. I mean, I mean, don't you want to marry a princess, guys? No, no. Because, you know, princesses are, have everything done for them, right? I hadn't thought about I hadn't seen that till just now. And they're all princesses. And I'm like, holy smoke, he's really in trouble. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Astrath, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Ooh, so he starts to serve other gods. Uh, for a smart man, he was not being very wise. And let me see here. I've got some notes in the back of my Bible here somewhere. Here we go. Basically, he was he was going after Baal. It all goes back to Baal. It all go, and then Baal goes right back to Satan, because there's a female form of Baalism in all these countries. Uh, you got the Queen of Heaven in Jeremiah. You got Venus, which the Romans uh, followed after. You got Diana, which the Greeks. 
She's not looking up at me. Uh, you got Ashtoreth, which was the Phoenicians. You have Astarte, which was the female deity of the Assyrians. You got Minerva of the Greeks. You got Semiramis of the Babylonians. You got Mary, basically, of the Romans. And you got the, bar- the harlot you see in Revelation 17, mother of abominations. Every one of these is a female form of Baal. And so when it says he went after uh, Milcom, did I read Milcom in there? Uh, well, I don't know if I actually have her on there. What was the other one? Uh, Milcom, and what was the other one? Okay. So after these female forms, it doesn't make any difference. And I've told people before, all of these nations, basically, they when they have a God they, they serve... It basically goes back to ancient Babylonian mystery form, which is the same one you see in Revelation. It's basically a worship of Satan. I don't care what form, what woman, what name, what man you have. It's all worshiping Satan. Okay, And it's funny because they all have different names, but they all the things they do are the same. Okay? My dad Diana because he thought she was the goddess of fishing. And I'm, I hate fishing. It's boring. <laughs> Apparently, he liked fishing. Okay. Okay, so... uh, uh, That's funny. Verse 6. Okay, verse 6. And Solomon did evil on the side of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemish, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that which was before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of, of uh, abomination of the children of Ammon. Now that's the male form. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Verse nine. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, for his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. And he had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not which the Lord had commanded. There it was. So right there, Solomon, which was preaching to the group to follow the Lord, to obey him and everything, did the temple, did the pompous, did all that, prayed to God, and God answered his prayer, gets to the end, and he does exactly the opposite of what he preached. Okay? Sometimes I, when I read Ecclesiastes and, and read these things about someone, I think, oh, he sounds like he was bipolar because he had the, you know, he had the really brilliant things from God, which a bipolar usually does, and then they go into depression. When I read Ecclesiastes, I think he's depressed. The things that he's talking about is, you know, somebody who is depressed, and also his promiscuity with the women—that's part of being bipolar, also. So, and I always think, oh gosh, God, you made Solomon bipolar. <laughs> well, I mean, we all have a spiritual side in, well, in the New Testament. If we're saved, we have a spiritual side, but we always have a fleshly side. So, same way, you know, we, we, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say maybe he was bipolar, but the bottom line was he knew better. And he still did it. <laughs> okay, he still sinned. So let's keep going. Verse eleven. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon. For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee. Okay, that's where I'm wanting to go to. 
Before we even get to Rehoboam and Jeroboam, God had already told Solomon that the kingdom is coming away from him because he disobeyed him. But, you know, most people, and that was a good answer when you said, well, because of uh, Rehoboam and Jeroboam and the things that went on there, that's why, you know, the, the northern kingdom left. No, they left because God decreed it. Okay? That was already a punishment for for Solomon that his children would lose that. Okay? Notwithstanding, verse 12, In thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Okay? Howbeit I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David my servant's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. And we've seen that all along. God always keeps a remnant. A remnant. Okay? And so that's basically why the kingdom is going to be rent. But let's continue on with the story. So let's go to First uh, Kings chapter 11. We're, we're right there. Uh, verse, start with verse 26. And we'll see Jeroboam here. And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite of Zerida, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built Milo, and he repaired the breaches of the city of David his father. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man, that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. And it came to pass at that time, when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, that the prophet Ahijah... The Shilonite found him in the way, and he had clad himself with a new garment. So apparently, who, who has the new garment on? I'm thinking it's Jeroboam. Is that what you guys are reading? So Jeroboam has his new garment on, and he had clad himself in a new garment. And the two of them, so Jeroboam and the prophet, are out in the field. And the two were alone in the field. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in twelve pieces. Well, that wasn't very nice. I mean, how would you like it? You get a new suit, you get a new set of clothes, and you come to church and Rex grabs you and starts tearing it off. I'm like, what is going on here? And he said to Jeroboam, verse 31, Take thee ten pieces, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon. So who's doing it? It's the Lord. I will do this and will give thee ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because why? 33. Because they have forsaken me and have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Chemish, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in mine eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments, as did David his father. Okay? And so, uh, let's keep reading. Verse 34. How be it? I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David my servant's sake, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it unto thee, even ten tribes. So he tells Jeroboam, I'm going to give you, you will become the king over the northern kingdom, the ten tribes. 
Verse 36, And unto his son will I give one tribe, that David my servant may have a light always before me in Jerusalem. He keeps going over and over that, doesn't he? I've read that like three times. He, but he keeps telling him, I'm still keeping Judah, and I'm still keeping that because David kept my co- commandments and my covenants. And that I will do, because he promised that. Verse 37, And I will take thee, and thou shalt reign according to all that thy soul desireth, and thou shalt be king over Israel. Hallelujah. He's going to be the king, or the second king, basically. Verse 38, And it shall be if thou wilt hearken to all that I command thee, and wilt walk in my ways, and do that is right in my sight, Jeroboam, to keep my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did, that I will be with thee, and will build thee a sure house, as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee. Wow, so he tells, he tells Jeroboam, you're going to be the king over the northern tribes, and if you obey me, I'll make you a sure house like I did David. Okay, so he's setting him right up. Okay, so now we've got to go look at Rehoboam. Okay, so turn over to chapter 12. You're already there, right? You guys are quick. So we'll read 1 through 24, and we're going to get uh, Rehoboam's take on this. We've already got Solomon's. He's already lost. He's lost the kingdom. God's going to give the ten, ten tribes of the northern to Jeroboam, but we're going to see Rehoboam's uh, stake in all this, starting in chapter 12. Because Rehoboam is who? You guys hanging with me? Rehoboam is... Whose son is he? Solomon. He's Solomon's son. Jeroboam is not his son. He's just a, a guy that was kind of industrious guy. And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were come to Shechem to make him king, because Solomon had passed away. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was yet in Egypt, there's Jeroboam, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt, that they sent and they called him. And Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came, and they spake unto Rehoboam, saying, I think they must have already knew there was going to be problems. Okay? And they said, Thy father made... They're telling telling Rehoboam. They go, Your father, thy father, made our yoke grievous. Now therefore, make thou... Thy grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke which he put upon us lighter and we will serve thee. Just lessen the taxes a little bit, dude. And and we'll, we'll, everything will be cool. Okay, that's my version. Okay, five. And he said in them, depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. Well, that was a smart thing. I mean, this king so far, uh, Rehoboam is, is, is playing smart. He goes, okay, give me three days to think about it. Okay. And the king Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon his father while yet lived. And he said, How do you advise that I may answer this people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant to the people this day, and wilt serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. But, there's another but, but he forsook their counsel of the old men which they had given him, and they consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter? And the young men, verse 10, that were grown up with him, spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people, and that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but thou, uh, but make it, lighter unto us that 
Thou shalt say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. Now, whereas my father did lay you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke that my father had chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day as the king had appointed. Verse 12, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly, and he forsook the old man's counsel that they gave him. And he spake unto them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. You know, the Bible tells us that a soft answer turn into the way wrath. But he didn't give him a soft answer, did he? Wherefore the king hearkened unto the people, for the cause was from the Lord, don't miss that, that he might perform his saying which the Lord spake by Ahijah the Shilonite unto Jeroboam the son of Nebat. So when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to thine own house, David. So Israel departed into their tents. But as for the children of Israel, which dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. And then King Rehoboam sent uh, Adoram, which was over the tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones. So he's putting, he's doing exactly what he said. He goes, uh, uh, guys, I'm sending my tax collector over, and we're starting the first tax right now. And uh, they didn't take too kindly to that. They stoned the guy. Okay? And... Uh, and then everything splits. Okay, so the kingdom is split right there. And so when we read this story, we're like, okay, the, the kingdom was split because he, the new king, Rehoboam, didn't treat the people right. Well, there's more to it. When we went back like we've done today and we dug through the story, it was because God had already decreed it because Solomon had disobeyed, the God, had disobeyed God by serving false gods. Okay? So... That's where we're at. So we got to wrap this thing up. So turn over to chapter 12. You're already there. Man, you guys are good this morning. You're already there before I get there. Uh, verse 25. Same chapter. The other side of the page for me. So, so we got the two kingdoms, right? Jeroboam took the ten tribes, and he's at the north side, and Judah's on the south side, and this is what Jeroboam does. And Jeroboam already had a promise from God, right? What was his promise? If you obey my commandments, I'll make a sure house of you. Verse 25. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and he dwelt therein, and he went out from thence, and he built Peniel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Let's go serve the Lord. No, he didn't say that. It says, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Did he trust in what the Lord told him? The Lord told him, I'm going to make you king. Just obey me and do my commandments. And as soon as he became king, he goes, you know what? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And I'm afraid they're going to take, take this kingdom from me and the people will kill me and they'll go back and they'll go back to Jerusalem to do, to do uh, the sacrifices in the temple and they'll kill me and I'll be toast. So, that's bad enough, but let's see what he does. 
Whereupon, verse 28, The king took counsel and he made two calves of gold and he said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Hey, it's too far. It's too far for you guys to go. I got I got a remedy right here. I'm gonna behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and he set one up in Bethel. And Bethel's only, if I remember, about twelve miles north of Jerusalem. It's it's real tight, it's real close. And he set one up in Dan, which was the far end of the kingdom on the north side. And this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. And it didn't stop there. Let's keep reading. Verse 31. And he made a house of high places, and he made priests of the lowest of the people. I mean, it just keeps getting worse. I wonder if they must not have been Levites then. Yeah. Not not only, he says the lowest of the people. It's like they went out and got the robbers and the thieves and the lowlifes and brought them in and made them the priest. Okay. Yeah, they George Floyd. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that's in Judah. And he offered, and he offered upon the altar. So did he in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priest of the high places which he had made. And he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart. And he ordained a feast unto the children of Israel. And he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. So he he basically makes his own religion. And it just happens to be a golden calf. That didn't work out very good the first time. <laughs> so. isn't, isn't that what Aaron made? Was a you know, we talked about that. You know, Aaron well, he didn't make it, right? Oh yeah. They put gold in the fire and a golden calf just popped out. That's what he I mean, why didn't God just I mean, whack Aaron right then? I don't know. But I mean here we got Jeroboam doing the same thing. He does the exact same thing. So why why do you think let's look at a couple of reasons and we'll get out of here. What what reasons did re, did Jeroboam start this new re, religion? Why did he do that? Fear. Fear, okay. Control. Control. Not trusting God. Uh, Lack of Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, for fear, control. Because number one, what was he afraid of losing? His life. Well, uh, his power. He was willing to to sell the people down the tubes to keep his position. Oh my, have we seen that before? Okay, lack of trust, no relationship with the Lord. Even though the prophet told him everything that was going to happen, he didn't do it. Okay. So God used the Assyrians to come in and, and take, take them captive. And like I said, within 30 years of the book of Hosea, they are already in Assyria in captives. Okay. 
um, kind of a sad state. The Babylonians do the same thing with Judah about a hundred years later. So he's going to he used the Syrians to punish Israel. He used he used uh, he basically used the Northern Kingdom to punish to punish the Southern Kingdom because of what Solomon had done. That was a punishment. Um, he uses the Babylonians to punish Judah later on, and he's going to use the Antichrist to punish Israel and Judah for their false ways that they're doing. So when the Antichrist takes power in a few days, and who knows when, Israel's going to be in an apostate state just like they are now. And right now, today, Israel is in an apostate state. They do not believe in, they don't believe in the Old Testament, they don't believe in Jesus, they, they don't even believe in the Old Testament. They are out there. God basically, he, he used the northern kingdom, so he, he used family at first to come to you and try to set you straight, because they're all related, right? Yeah. And then he just keeps ramping up. He got, I'll get a bigger stick. Maybe you'll listen. <laughs> if I hit you with a little bit bigger stick, somebody that doesn't care about you. Yeah, it's kind of like our kids, you know. It's first like, you know, go sit in a corner. That don't work, you know. A little smack probably is going to be a little better. Um, yeah, kind of that way. But but God has a way of 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 especially His people, and and even His even a Christian, God will work us over if we're doing what's wrong. And so, what can we learn from that? We number one, we need to realize right here. We need the relationship. God wants the relationship. You can, you can come to church all, all the time. You can, you can memorize Bible. You can do everything else. You can stay busy. And in this church, believe me, you can stay busy. But God wants the relationship. He wants our, our obedience too. Because when we don't obey God... God's going to judge us, and that's what He did with Israel. That was the reasons. And so, why did the two, why did the two uh, countries kind of divide? Basically, because Solomon, which was supposed to keep it together, did not practice what he preached, and God brought it apart. Okay, um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I want. I mean, we about have time. Turn over in your Bible to Colossians two, verse eight, and we'll wrap it up here. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. I've got to get there in Galatians and Ephesians. Uh, They have trespassed. I really didn't talk about that. They have trespassed against God's laws. So not only that... um, we, we've seen, now my, my, my whole point in this in Hosea is the reason that they split was because Solomon didn't do what was right. Okay. Now the reason that God is bringing judgment on the northern tribes with Jeroboam is because they didn't do what was right. Okay, so they start worship right off the bat they start worshiping uh, golden statues of a bull. You know, uh, again, Babylonian religion, the same thing. And so God's going to judge them. Colossians, and I told you chapter 2, verse 8, okay, says, and this is for us today, it says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. That's happening now, isn't it? 
Yeah, does that hit home? Again, the relationship's what we need to focus on because if we're not careful, other things in our life will pull us away just like they did Jeroboam. Fear. There are a lot of people that are afraid right now. Fear doesn't come from the Lord. Okay? There are a lot of people being pulled in different directions. There are a lot of people being pulled away uh, uh, through philosophy through where is it in the Bible it talks about science so falsely called something like that right um, so falsely called what uh, science so falsely called something real similar to that I'll have to look falsely it up falsely so called uh, beware beware is a beware we are to beware we are to be watching Right, the people in, the, in Hosea wasn't paying attention. They wasn't watching. They didn't. They were going against everything God wanted. And we got to watch the same thing for us today. Religion ain't going to do it. Relationships going to do it. We've got to watch that we don't get pulled away. We've got to stay focused. We've got to practice what we preach. Because if we don't, we still have a home in heaven, but God can judge us. He'll judge us and do what's right. So we've got to be obedient to Him. So, uh, um, any questions today? I, I, I don't know. Uh, so, bottom line: when 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 Jeroboam he wanted to keep his power, and basically, what ended up? Really, what happened in this? What happened in Hosea? What what really happened? They disobeyed God, and who did they start to worship? They turned from God to Satan. Here, let's just get to the bottom line. You know, you can say, oh, we were worshiping these two golden statues. Uh, we're worshiping... That. No, you're, worship, you're either worshiping the Lord or you're either worshiping Satan. That's it. There is no in-between. And so what Jeroboam, the devil got Jeroboam to get the northern tribes to worship him. That's really what was happening. And yet we don't see that. We've got to be very careful we're worshiping the Lord and not following what Satan wants us to do. So let's pray and we'll get going. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Hosea. We, uh, we thank you for the Old Testament that it is for our learning. And I pray that each one that's in here, Lord, would learn the truths in your word at, and just not know them, not just learn them, but practice them, Lord. And help us to practice what we preach. And I pray that you would just use us to be instruments for you. So I pray for that today. Pray for Brian as he preaches in the main service. And Lord, I just pray we'd be edified and and I, I pray that everybody in that service would just be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. All right. We'll be back after. We're going to meet back in the Common Grounds room, 2 o'clock, 1.30. Whenever you guys uh, come back, we'll get boxes put together. We're going to wrap them, and then we'll start getting some people to send them out. And then do we, are they sent out today? Yes, we'll have people start taking them out. Yes.